We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Fancy some cash for Christmas? Want to hear more? Community Radio Kilkenny City is holding a special split-apart jackpot draw this Christmas. Envelopes cost the usual two euros each. You can enter as often as you like. The Christmas split-apart jackpot draw will take place on Friday the 18th of December with a guaranteed minimum jackpot of 1,000 euros plus many more valuable prizes. You can play Split the Pot at our outlets across Kilkenny City, where you see the distinctive yellow boxes, at our studios at 32 Hebron Industrial Estate, and from volunteers and staff members of Community Radio Kilkenny City. Be in it to win with our fantastic Split the Pot Christmas jackpot draw, with a guaranteed minimum jackpot of €1,000 plus many more valuable prizes. You've got to be in it to win it. You're listening to Kilkenny Today, sponsored by Walsh's Toyota, the name you can trust. Morris O'Connor with you as usual on the Tuesday. Delighted to be back after the weekend or indeed Wednesday morning if you're listening to on the repeat. And just in case, one way or the other, actually, just to let you know before I go on with the show, our OB unit or outside broadcast unit will be on the high street on Wednesday morning. That's this morning if you're listening on the repeat between 10 o'clock in the morning and 4 p.m. in the afternoon. So um, Wednesday the 16th on High Street. So drop down, have a look for the van, uh, the black and amber van, and you'll uh, come in and uh, drop in, say hello to some of the team at, of course, a safe social distance and uh, say hi. Maybe they'll take a request from you or whatever. Just or just come over and say hello. Ask us how we are. Anyway, we'd love to see you. Um, High Street um, in the morning, Wednesday morning, the 16th, between 10 o'clock in the morning and 4 p.m. the afternoon. Anyway, um, later on on today's show, we may be hearing from, um, you'll know why I may in a, in a little while, maybe hearing about the impact of Brexit on households. And there was a conversation recorded by our colleagues in Near FM in Dublin. Um, Donny Tarrant up there spoke with Michael Fleming from the Irish Farmers Association, talking about the impact that Brexit is going to have on every single household in the country. We might get to that. And the reason about we just might get to it, it depends on my second guest of the day, who is um, a very, very well-known author, travel writer, playwright, environmentalist, uh, Grail Gore, Moncon McGann. And Moncon will be on talking about a, an event on Sunday evening called Shine Your Light Solstice. Um, that's organised by RTE and Moncon is playing his own part in, the, in relation to that here in Kilkenny on Sunday night at about 8 o'clock p.m. Anyway, we'll hear more about that later on. We might get to talk to Moncon as well about his latest book, 32 Words for Field. Um, we'll have parish news as well in the middle of the show, a couple of ad breaks. But before all of that, thank you very much for holding on and uh, waiting for us uh, to get to you. Councillor Eugene McGuinness, how are you? How are you doing, Morris? I'm very, very well, thank you. I'm grand, good. Um, how have you been anyway? I think it's quite a while since we've we've spoken to you, Eugene. Like it's been, a, as I say, for like you no more than anybody else, um, it's been a really, really strange year. How, like how's it been, your kind of interactions with constituents and just looking after yourself over the year? How have you been getting on? Well, it's it's been it's been strange, as you rightly said. My interaction with uh, constituents is the social distancing interaction that we've all come become so familiar with. 
a lot of phones, but it's been very, very busy. I mean, it's been extremely busy because the work goes on regardless. Um, and uh, all credit due to, I'll have to say, Kilkenny County Council and the guys on the road and the guys in the trucks and the bins, etc. Um, and uh, all of the rest, they've kept it going. And uh, I mean, they've done a very good job uh, in very difficult circumstances. I think actually Minister Peter Burke, when he was down here last week, paid particular tribute to the community call volunteers, who of course are kind of part of the council's team at the moment. And I'm sure you'd, you'd, you'd want to endorse that. So, like, has, has there been anything particular, like, that's unusual because of the year that's been in it, been cropping up for you as a councillor? Um, I, I think that the normal things uh, continue on, as I said. And uh, it's just been, the, the interaction with people has been different, uh, obviously. And uh, the new norm, as it stands now, um, with the social distancing, etc. I mean, that is unusual. The communication is unusual because I'm more interested in going out to meet people where the problem is. And uh, that has been unusual for me because I like to see it. If I'm going to stand up at a council meeting and try and articulate uh, what my feelings on a particular issue, well, I have to be there, I have to see it, and I have to understand it. And unfortunately, that hasn't always been uh, the case this year, so it's been, it's made my job a little bit more difficult. But Nevertheless, like everything else, you have to overcome it. Yeah, I think we can certainly in endorse that and recognise that that passion of the way you prefer to do business. All right, Eugene, because I think the last time we were on, you were on with us. Um, you might have been talking about um, vandalism of trees down at near New Park Fen or somewhere like that. And that's right. That was, that was something where you you actually went out to see it. But um, there's something that you've been uh, reported uh, in local media as uh, just in the last couple of days, really calling on the council to do a redesign job on um, on the Hebron Road. Now, um, Hebron Road has obviously got a long road. Are you, are you talking specifically about the section from the McDonough Junction Shopping Centre to the roundabout further up there? No, where it joins, well, I, I'm, uh, actually, I'm actually talking about the entire uh, Hebron Road, insofar as... Right, right. Um, the, the, well, the, the particular problem, of course, is that of Lachlan Slope, St. Cairden Cemetery, because you have a lot of housing estates, uh, you know, uh, in, uh, up beside St. Cairden Cemetery that feed onto the Hebron Road right in front of St. Gerton Cemetery. So that causes its own problem because trying to get out there, um, you know, uh, any day is extremely difficult and it does cause a major issue there. And, uh, of course, the success of Lachlan Slope has ensured that we do have an awful lot of traffic there. All credit to Lachlan's. Um, they have stewards any time there's a match or any time there's a gathering up there and they do a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. you see, or fortunately, in fact... The Hebron Road has developed uh, on either side. The industrial estate has developed on the on either side. And, you know, I hear politicians and they talk about, well, you know, Eugene, I raised that before. Well, you know what it is? Just because you recognise a problem at some stage doesn't mean that you're going to own the solution. Uh, we have... Th this is an ever-evolving uh, situation. I mean, I raised it a year ago and uh, we have development now down at Ashley Park. We have more, more uh, businesses open in the Hebron industrial estate which is fantastic. Uh, but unfortunately, we have one of the busiest cemeteries. And uh, um, the Kenny County Council, in their wisdom, uh, granted planning permission for a hotel right on that junction, one that I objected to, one that I went to Borplanola with. But unfortunately, it got through, in my opinion. And, and uh, the Hebron Road remains um, the Eugene, which, which side would just be, just be a bit more detailed? Um, uh, well, if you, if you were... My mind. Where exactly on the junction is it? Uh, I, I'll tell you exactly where it is. If you're, if you're approaching uh, Cairn Cemetery from the town, uh, just as you turn, just at the gates of Cairden Cemetery, if you were to stand there and look towards the industrial estate, it's right there on that uh, that piece of, of ground right there. 
just uh, directly across the road from Cairn Cemetery, from the entrance gate to Cairn oh, okay. Cemetery. So just just down, just down between the Aldi and the junction, really, and all that. Yeah, exactly. Down. And yeah, uh, yeah. the hotel is... They, they, they have planned permission to build that hotel. And unfortunately, you see, as typical of many county councils, what they do is they build up estates around the particular road and they continue to expand those estates, be it housing estate or, in this case, an industrial estate, and the road remains the same. Now, that's not future-proofing anything, and it makes it much more dangerous. Mm. And, like, there's, you know, there is that patch of land, right, and fair enough, I suppose they've gone through the process, they got their planning permission, but in terms of doing anything differently and re-engineering the road that you're calling on the council to do, it seems like quite a challenge, given the, the, the land space is very, very tight there, just between the cemetery and the you know, the, the, that road into um, oh, into O'Loughlin Court and Hebron Park is hardly kind of possible to expand expand that or provide an alternative. Or like, is, there, is there something specific you have in mind that you'd like well, to... Uh, well, I, I actually think, I think there is a great possibility to change that that particular junction around in front of St. Cairn Cemetery. There is green area there, and I think there's a bigger possibility of, of making it much easier for people coming down from Hebron Park to exit out on the Hebron Road. And we, we'll have to reconfigure that in some way because it simply won't work the way it is. And uh, yeah. I've actually witnessed an, act uh, an accident there not too long ago. I was a witness, actually, um, where that very thing happened. Uh, people trying to exit onto the road. And unfortunately, you're trying to get out and you could be sitting there for a while and uh, you try and make it out. And, uh, you know, all hell breaks loose because there's so much traffic now going up and down that road. that It's, it's, not, it's not will we. It's, we have to do something. Yeah, and it's like it is. I suppose it is particularly challenging. You've got you've got the roundabout with O'Loughlin Road and the other road that goes down to New Park that I don't think has any name yet, as far as I can tell. And then you've got the road up to ourselves and Community Radio that goes round to Bishop Birch Place. And then you've got the entrance to O'Loughlin's and you've got the entrance, as you say, to St Kieran's and exactly. the entrance road into O'Loughlin Court. Uh, There's a huge amount going on there in the very short. Um, it is, and it's it's it's, it's yeah. build, You can see on both sides of the road, it's building up rapidly. And we seem to do nothing with the road. And doing nothing is not an option. And I mean, if you want a complete planning disaster, you can see it for yourself. Because I live in Bishop Birch Place. Bishop Birch Place, we enter Bishop Birch Place through the industrial estate. Now, there is a real example of too much politics and not enough planning. Where yeah, I, now think, I think that's something else you'd raised before, isn't it? That the kind of the lack of foresight in planning absolutely. that. Absolutely. Maybe the it's incumbent on access through Assumption Place. Yes, it's incumbent yeah. on Kilkenny County Council when they build any estates that they, that, that they, ensure, they ensure that the road infrastructure is there to take it. Now, uh, mm -hmm. Bishop Birch Place is unique in Ireland, and what we have up here in Bishop Birch now is we have truck drivers following Satnas, taking the wrong turn, ending up in Bishop Birch Place and trying to reverse a 40-foot containers here, trying to get back out, Arctics. And it's deadly dangerous. It's incredibly mm -hmm. dangerous. And I've raised it on a number of occasions... And I want something done about the entrance. So, but that feeds back onto the Hebron Road again. And uh, really, we have to... I mean, there may be a possibility, and I, I suggested that there may be a possibility of trying to put a spur out of the back of um, the Hebron Industrial Estate, which would mean that trucks might go in there and exit another way. And that may alleviate some of the problem. But, I mean, we have to be innovative about these solutions. And we have uh, really good engineers there. I mean, Ian Gardner 
uh, is new to the job, but I've been very impressed with what he has come up with yeah, so far. He's come up with great. He's been, I think, universally praised, just from what I've heard anyway, for all the, the various initiatives he's taken on board and things he's done. Are you are you optimistic then, or you had much dealings with him? Are you optimistic that um, he might listen and, um, and can apply his creativity to this particular issue? Well, I, I, I am optimistic, and uh, it's not, uh, can we? We have to. And uh, as I said, um, if I pick, uh, if I, if I'm, if I'm on a particular subject, such as the Hairburn Road, and I live here and I experience it every day, I, I, I have no intention of letting it go until we get something done. And I really think that Ian Gardner is the right man for the for the job. Uh, I think he's he has proven himself in the last number of months uh, to be uh, to come up with solutions in situations like that. And uh, I have all the all the confidence in the world that you come up with a solution here. Oh, that'd be good. I'm sure yourself and uh, all the residents up there in Bishop Birch Place and indeed Osry Park and in um, in uh, kind of in, in a Millennium Court and all those areas in there beyond in between behind Kim Kearns and O'Loughlin's would be uh, delighted to to have some solution right to that that whole problem and indeed for ourselves even. Um, going up and down to the radio station and trying to get in and out of that. Um, yeah, I think everybody who has any kind of um, business to do in that part of the area knows how bad the traffic can get, and it's bad enough on a normal day. And then when you throw in maybe match days at, uh, at Nolan Park and stuff, and, and well, events in Ullockland, match, yeah. days, match days take on a life of their own because there is, again, a typical example of Kilkenny County Council giving plan- planner permission for Nolan Park. Um, I think it was built in 1927. Now, as soon as they gave that planning permission without car parking requirements, because it put every, almost all walked to the, to the matches at that time, but as soon as they gave uh, that planning permission, well, then it was incumbent on, on them to ensure that they could accommodate all of that as they went forward. But they didn't do it. They allowed mm-hmm. Assumption Place, Bishop Orch Place, and the surrounding estates to absorb all that traffic. And I can tell you, on match day, as I pointed out, you will not get an ambulance into Bishop Birch Place. And it's a health and safety issue, and I've raised it on a number of occasions. But if you want a typical example, as I've said, of politics in too much of a part and planning sitting in the back seat, Bishop Birch Place is the ideal place to look because it was a disaster from all of those points of view. Fair enough, fair enough. So light at the end of the tunnel and some good news coming into the new year. It, it may, and I don't know whether or not uh, it's part of, uh, I just saw, I think I just got an email actually myself today, um, I kind of, well, I suppose electronically, I suppose, signed by Sean McKeown, the Director of Services of the Council, around uh, just notifying people that the um, new county draft development uh, plan will be available for consultation and um, for uh, viewing from the 22nd of uh, this month onwards, so this day week, really uh, next uh, next Tuesday, um, are you expecting anything that might feature in that, or have you actually made a submission to it? Well, uh, are, are you entitled to do that before? It gets oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I have a workshop tomorrow, and it's an ongoing process, and we have all we have all uh, spoken about the county development plan. Now, it's quite a comprehensive. Obviously, the county development plan is a very comprehensive document. There's an awful lot of aspects to it. It takes an awful lot of reading. It takes an awful lot of time. We have had a few workshops. I have input. My 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 uh, penny hitme has worked into it. Uh, I continue to do so, and tomorrow will be another workshop. So uh, all of the councillors have contributed, and uh, right. hopefully that we can get hopefully we can get it right at that stage. You know. 
Well, we look forward to seeing it uh, here as, uh, as members of the public and seeing what sort of um, consultations that the council will propose, particularly now that they're not going to be able to do it in the same kind of um, physical, in, in-person way that they might have done in the past. Um, we, we'll leave it there for the moment, Eugene. Anyway, it's been great talking to you as usual and I um, hope you have a very peaceful and restful and safe, anyway, COVID-free and traffic-free and everything else um, free, um, safe. And, and the same uh, to you and uh, I would say all your listeners. You Thank you very day. much. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, that was Councillor Eugene McInnes, of course. So we uh, wait to see what happens in relation to those issues he's raising about um, that particular part of the Hebron Road and indeed the entire length of the Hebron Road as, as Eugene there was um, was outlining for us. So anyway, by the time we took the first um, ad break on today's show and uh, after the today's parish news from Anne-Marie Hogan of course and after that uh, hopefully we'll have on the line um, author, playwright, environmentalist, uh, travel writer and uh, artist I suppose uh, and participant in this year's or this Sunday next uh, event um, uh, coming up at uh, Kilkenny Castle on Sunday evening Moncon McGann well known uh, well known to you all I think by name anyway so hopefully Moncon will be on the line after the ads but do stay with us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes time after these We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM I'm Anne-Marie Hogan, this is your Parish News. A training night for new and existing Ministers of the Word, or readers, will take place on Wednesday and Thursday, 16th and 17th of December between 8 and 9pm with Father Dan Ballard and Father Jim Murphy. To request a link for this Zoom meeting for readers, telephone Osri Adult Faith on 056 775 3624. People are reminded that many Christmas Masses this year will be ticketed. Contact your respective parishes for details. First to St John's, where they highlight the Christmas Masses for St John's, John's Well and Dunmore. All Masses are highlighted in the parish newsletter and on the parish website. While in St John's they are not ticketing Masses, you might be asked to attend another suitable Mass. There is a comprehensive schedule of the 42 Masses available in Kilkenny City and environs for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. It's available in all churches. You can make your plans from that list. The message is clear, plan well ahead. Also in St John's, they wish to highlight that those in uh, need of some assistance this year can contact the Vincent de Paul on the designated number 086 895 1239. In St Mary's, they wish to highlight that the 6pm Christmas Eve Mass is ticketed and some tickets have already been issued and the remaining places will be allocated this coming Sunday. There will also be a 4pm and 8pm Mass on Christmas Eve in St Mary's Cathedral. Talk to somebody at the parish office if you have any questions. The parish office is open for a few hours each morning. The Cathedral Bookshop at St Mary's is also open at the Chapter House and they stock a wide range of books, cribs and religious items as well as stocking the St Mary's Christmas mascars. All those who request mascars at Christmas will be remembered in a trigium of masses to be celebrated in St Mary's Cathedral on the 28th, 29th and 30th of December. And all masses of course can be seen live on the cathedral webcam. Perhaps you have an elderly neighbour or friend who could see mass live in their homes with your assistance, maybe loan them your iPad or your laptop. To be a good neighbour at this time is nice at coming up to Christmas. In St Canice's Parish they ask that we are all especially careful in our preparations for 
uh, attendance at Mass this Christmas. In St. Canice's, only 50 can attend at each of the two Christmas Eve Masses at 7 and 9pm. People are asked not to bring children to Mass on Christmas Eve, but children perhaps could see the 7pm uh, Mass live on the webcam at home well before Santa comes and visit the church perhaps on Christmas Day and St. Stephen's Day to visit and say their uh, Christmas prayers at the crib. Also, Christmas Mass bouquets for St. Canice's are available at the St. Canice's Parish Centre. Over to St. Patrick's, where this week's St. Patrick's Parish Newsletter, they show the full Christmas Mass schedule also. Masses will, of course, be available to view on the St. Patrick's Parish webcam. And as 50 people can only attend each Mass, check in advance where you think it's best to attend. Christmas items in St. Patrick's are available at the St. Patrick's Parish Centre at Lockboy during office hours, and they also have parish diaries for 2021. The St. Patrick's Parish Centre will close for Christmas holidays on Wednesday, December the 23rd at 1pm and reopen on Monday 4th January 2021 at 9am. The priests in St. Patrick's Parish can be contacted by ringing the parish number 056 776 press 4 for Father Roderick or 5 for Father Peter. And finally from St. Patrick's, they highlight the St. Patrick's Vincent de Paul group can be contacted on their designated number for St. Patrick's Parish of 087 381 0589 and now briefly to Anglican news where all churches of course this year in the Anglican Communion will uh, follow the current health protocols and the Christmas tree festival this year is a virtual one and people have sent in videos and photo clips and their creations can be seen shortly on St. Canice's Cathedral Facebook page. I'm Anne-Marie Hogan that's your parish news. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Indeed you are, and Morris O'Connor jumping in there ahead of his own sting. My apologies for that. And uh, welcome back anyway to Kilkenny Today here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. And uh, a particular, good my next guest, Monachan McGann. Fáilte Rothgar Radio Fubble Cochar Kilkennig, Monachan. Uh, how are things? Anyway, how are, how are things? We will ta- we'll have a chat in a minute about um, next Sunday's Shine Your Light uh, event. But um, how, how have you been throughout the year? That's been uh, just really heading good. out into the sunset. I, I had, so I, you know, I had I had been a travel writer, I suppose, for the last twenty years or so. And in January, I announced that I was giving up flying and I wasn't going to fly anymore. Um, and so it turned out then the whole country seemed to have agreed with me and done the same. But my idea was I was going to take trains. I was going to take a load of trains all over Europe and even end up at this time of the year to try and get to Iceland by train and ferry. But obviously all that was out the window. So I just stayed home and grew vegetables and, and raised my turkeys. Hey, you could be doing a lot worse, really, given the year that we've had. And, no, I agree, uh, exactly. probably, probably very enjoyable. They wouldn't have stopped you um, writing anyway. And, of course, you, you you brought out your book, 32 Words for Field, which we'll get on to in, in a few minutes as well, um, which is an, an amazing read and really fascinating stuff. Um, just yeah, just going back then, Sunday's Shine Your Light event, it's a whole national um, thing, or Osgrelga, Lunry, the Hullis, um, I actually, I had to look up, and you can correct me or, or let me know if, if Google Translate is correct on this. I had to look up the word for solstice on Google Translate, and it came up with Greenstad. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great Does word. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, that's exactly it. 
It's like so evocative. The grid, the, the, the sun's stopped. stopping of the sun. Yeah, isn't yeah. it just? Yeah, yeah. And like, given that, given that uh, again, we're kind of mixing our disc subjects here. Given that Irish is so rich with words for different things with their own particular context, um, does that word Greenstad just refer to a winter solstice or a summer solstice or both? I've heard it used for both, but I'd like to go in deeper into it. There's a friend of mine who's going deep into the whole astrology and constellations and star words in Irish, and they're revealing like really fascinating things, particularly the amount of the words connected with the, with the bow, with the cow. Um, mm. but, uh, but I haven't got into it. Like we, we know that our ancestors were just absolutely fascinated by light and by the stars and constellations. So it's sort of, we've, we tended to focus away from it, but it's still all there encoded in the language um, if anyone has the time, you know, to, to delve into it. Yeah, and I suppose it was like our ancestors had no other way of really regulating their the, the, their, the cycle of their days and their years except light and time and stars and moon and sun and, and whatever, indeed, passions, passions of weather. Um, again, all, all reflected in, in your book to a very, very large extent. Um, but on, on the, on the uh, Sunday's Shine Your Light um, solstice um, event, um, for, for listeners who may not be aware that this is happening Sunday evening, uh, just tell us a little bit about it and how did your particular participation in it come about and particularly the fact that you're, you're up there in Longford but yet you're doing something um, that's going to happen down here in Kilkenny. Yeah, so over the year, RT has had a few Shine Your Light events where, you know, getting the public out to just to, sh- to, 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 to work in solidarity and to light a candle or to stand outside their door in, um, in just support of, of the national mon- movement to everyone who's helping, um, you know, particularly frontline workers, but everyone who's been pulling together this year. And so they just decided the, the potent, the most powerful and potent time to have it really would be on the solstice at the time where everything is in darkness, but there is so much much hope of new light to come so all year as well as these shine of light events they had during the year they also have um, been commissioning artists in a, under a program called illuminations and so artists from musicians graphic artists poets to compose a piece of art and most of it has gone onto the the rt website but they decided that they would sort of culminate in in this um shine of light on sunday 20th 20th of of December, that they'd have a television program, sort of half an hour television program, with some of the artists that had they had been working with um, during the year. So, so the likes of um, Marina Carr, the writer, and Sharon Shannon, Damien Dempsey, and the National Symphony Orchestra. And then, so as well as that half an hour television um, program, which is on um, at eight thirty, um, then they'll also have these pieces of art all around the country and as you say mine is in in Kilkenny there's one really evocative one on Loophead Lighthouse um, Mm. the photographic um, portrait artist Well I'm glad you you mentioned that because I think that's one uh, by photographer Jeanette Lowe who I actually had the pleasure of working with um, years and years ago in ESB and she's gone on to great things, she's done all sorts of documentary photography and amazing work She's powerful what she does, exactly um, and there's one, there's a few that are hard to picture, like uh, Stephen Heffernan up in, the, in Sligo is, um, has got a project called Together at Last, and it is sort of an unexpected canvas on Sligo train station. So some of them, and then Waterford and Reginald's Tower, they're going to portray um, Isabel Nolan's new painting of the sun. But what's going to happen in Kilkenny is, so I've written a piece um, for the television program, the Shine Your Light Solstice program on RTE, but they've taken then some of the words from that. And what I focus on is I'm looking at words for touch, for either the, the ways of expressing touch in Irish and then the absence of touch. And what's going to happen then on, um, 
on 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 Sunday night on the twentieth is they're going to project those some of those words in lights onto the walls of Kilkenny Castle, and I think then they will be reflected. They're going to shimmering back into the water below, into the river below. So together, I mean. I st- I've, it's, I've been told about it, but for me to get a full sense of it, I'm just going to need to see it. I love the idea that, like, words which are to do with touch, with this one thing that we have yearned for, that we have um, wished so strongly for and haven't been able to have, um, that those sort of words, both in Irish and English, are projected up and then reflect back down. So touching cold stone on the walls of the castle and then reflected back into the, the silvery mercurial water. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the theme of it, in a way, is like um, giving a, a virtual hug to all the frontline workers from all of the rest of us who are probably in more comfortable and cosy positions than they are. Exactly, exactly. And the, the thing that got me was, you know, mohu is the main word for to feel or to touch, but then sort of mohiam means I feel, and mohu is touch, so I feel touch, okay? But then mohiam oi mohu means you know, mohiam oim something, I feel the loss of something, I, I miss you, mohiam oim hu. So then mohiam oim hu becomes, I feel the loss of touch. So, and then mohiam can also become, I like, become conscious of. So the whole year we've all become like hyper consciousness of touch or the lack of touch. Um, so all these words, we seem to work on loads of way. Mohiam oim mohu or mohiam mohu and just, and mohiam is also to bewitch or to practice magic on. And it's almost the yearning has been so strong of just to get over this and to, to, just to be able to have human contact again that <clears throat> there is this sort of magical sense of bewitching, um, bewitching on that solstice night in the darkness of hoping that we can we can bring back the touch by just we're merely wishing it. Are you going to be happy here in all the way from Longford? Say that again. Are you going to be down here for the event? I'm not. I'm not. I think I was meant to be up in Donegal, but um. If I can find some way of getting down there, I'd love to, because I'm just I'm intrigued by what it's going to look like. Or maybe we should get somebody to it live somewhere where you can at least um, click in, and if you're on the internet at the time up in Donegal, you can have a, have a good look. Um, I, I suppose, like, did, and did that idea that idea of touch came, like came to you obviously out of the experience of this year? Um, and then I went like after hearing about the event and knowing that I was going to be talking to you, I went off to to your book, which we'll come on to in a sec, just to say, oh, he must have done he must have done a whole chapter on touch in the book as well, but but you didn't. <laughs> no, no, it was just when I heard about the project, I thought, well, what have I been missing? And I'm I'm thinking of my this my 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 a kind of relation of ours, Alton Heron, this ninety-two three-year-old man who I was so fond of and would always just you know hold his hand when I was talking to it. And he's ninety-three, so you wonder, you know, how long more do you get to hold his hand? Um, mm. And now you just don't for this year. Um, and so you know, my mum's my mum's sort of lovely soft skin. She's age eighty-one. Again, it's been a year since I've touched that. We we yeah. sort of we forget those things in our immediate bubble. <clears throat> we've been able to touch the people most close to us, but the elders we just haven't been. We Indeed, haven't I, I I I'd be very I'd be very very surprised. On one level, I would be surprised. Another level, I wouldn't to hear whether or not there's an Irish word for the concept of looking through somebody longingly through a glass window. You know, which is, of course <laughs> loads of people have been doing. Powerful, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> think about that. There's a, there's a challenge. Maybe you can um, make one up. I suppose as language evolves, anyway, and I'm sure there's been loads and loads of words added um, added to the Irish exactly. language over over the years. Like for instance, uh, you know, technology has come along and life has evolved. And I suppose that's that's also kind of a big big part of the the idea behind um, the book Thirty Two Words for Field, isn't it? Just to kind of recognise the way language, and in particular the Irish language, has changed as as our way of life has changed in years and centuries recently. 
Yeah, and just the, and the insights that that old way of thinking gave us. So just in light of that, you know, the yearning you feel as you're looking at the person through the window, there's this word, Irvrot, um, which is either, it's either the loneliness you feel at Cockrow or the loneliness of mountains. In other words, the loneliness of being up high on a mountain, being the only person there, that sense of isolation, of, of being cut off. Yeah. Or the word Dionach. Dionach means the lonesomeness of a cow bereft of her calf. So that absolute, powerful, potent yearning she feels when the calf is taken away from her, you know, at the point where she, the, we're going to take her milk and mm. the calf is mm. going to be allowed. So there are so many words for that plaintive keening, that anguish, that feeling of the heartstrings. Um, yeah, and I, I find it fascinating, like the, the you know, the, the kind of scenarios you describe, like, you know, the cow missing its calf and stuff like that are so recognizable, particularly for anybody who's been in, living out in the country anywhere. But like the idea that, that somewhere along the line, somewhere or a, a collection of people or an individual actually came up for a word just to encapsulate is it's just absolutely mind blowing. I mean, it's understandable. I think a lot of what you referred to in the book about you know things that have a functional use that that also have very specific words for them. You can get your head around that idea. It makes sense um, that you know and things go out of use over over years because life changes. You know, implements or ways of doing things or cooking or whatever it happens to be. Um, but but you know, feelings or concepts and stuff are, are much much more abstract and much more incredible to think of how a specific word would have been. In, come up with just to reflect you know something like that a loneliness of a cow missing a calf mm. I, I just kind of get my head around the idea of totally. how those kind of words came about and I, and I suppose it's because we're used to thinking on such a short scale either you know 500 years or a thousand years or maybe since since writing came a thousand to ireland thousand five hundred years or you know the english language which is a modern language but we forget when we're speaking in the irish language it is truly ancient it's not only 1000 years old or 2000 years or 2500 years old it could be older than that it could be 3000 years it could be some of the words that we first said when we arrived here 9000 years ago still could be within the irish language um <laughs> and so if you have a language that has been going for that long that has been going like a light like an aboriginal language like a, like a native american language you are going to have this richness just built up year after year layer upon layer that um yeah, it's, it's hard to get in more functional possibly more practical and more useful languages but you're not going to have that that evocative richness which we yeah, luckily yeah. still have access to all the insights all the ideas contained within it and how, how did you actually just gonna again back to i think i think you spent maybe was it about six years actually researching the, the book 32 words for field and, and getting it together but you know certainly when i was in primary or secondary school and doing history and we were taught about ancient ireland and, and writing and stuff it was monks and monasteries and probably in in latin um so, but at some point there must have been, you know, the start of of writing in Irish. Were you able to get right back that far in your research, or maybe even beyond or before the kind of the start of uh, of writing, Oscarilla? Yeah. So I wanted to get bef get back before it, and I suppose the problem with that is that, like, I am not an academic, and this is and there was not an academic book. The book was just trying to get underneath. Uh, the sort of the, the covering of Irish language to see the insights it might give us into our landscape or our psyche or the other world and to do that I needed to almost come at the language from the way it was thought about before 
uh, the 5th century, before St. Patrick came and brought his writing and brought his sort of rational way of thinking and his more limited mindset of Christianity, which, you know, has been such a strong force for, for both good and bad in, in Ireland. But it's interesting, like St. Patrick came in the 5th century and then education r- right up until the 1920th century was in the control of, you know, the followers of St. Patrick. So, mm. And this language had nothing to do with that. You know, it was, it was not based on any of those Christian ideas. So to get at the truth of the Irish language, what it was really trying to convey and where, where its basis is actually in, which is in the other world, it's in the land, it's in the stars, it's in the seasons and, and um, timelessness of sort of other dimensions. You need to really <clears throat> throw away the literary, re- the written references, because the written references are all based, written by monks. So they all have this bias of Christianity. But anything else has been toned down in them, any insights into other worlds. Um, and what are you left with? If you don't have writing, well, you don't have much, you know, because we, mm-hmm. no, we rely on writing for records. But you have the ritualistic sites, the likes of Loch Crewe or the likes of Loch Gur in County Limerick, um, which somehow we can work out were potent and were connected with the sun entering the, the, the land and nourishing it and fertilizing it. And we have all these sacred villa, these sacred trees in the landscape. So we put all those together. And we also have the oral tradition, particularly all those old Druidic laws, the Brehan laws, which we know them because they were written down, but then for a thousand years or more before they were written down, they were just said from person to person. So they give some of that other, that wider perspective, that um, broader viewpoint. And there you're just tinkering around in that. And really, it's spec- in some ways, it's speculation. So I'm just putting out loads of ideas that good, um, good researchers and good academics have have suggested about that pre that pre civilized world. Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty, the, the plenty, huge amount of uh, fodder for discussion or debate and argument and uh, whatever in in the book anyway amongst the academics uh, when, when as as they'd get a hold of it. Um, I suppose just back to one of the things you're mentioning and it kind of ties back to next Sunday's uh, Shine Your Light Solstice uh, event, Monacan. Um, they, they what you're talking about is this, you know, the life way of managing life and passions of life and everything. Of course, the, the solstice. They're talking about the two places, Locker and the other place you mentioned. Um, of course, everybody, I suppose, in the context of solstice and winter solstice knows from the year dot in Ireland anyway, when we were in school about Newgrange and the, the light and the passage uh, down there. And, you know, some of us have been lucky enough to be there. No, nobody can go there this year. I think they're going to stream it. Um, but, of course, we can, uh, I'm sure you're well aware, we can beat that here in Kilkenny because we have our own passage tomb in Knock Road down in the south of the county. And uh, not only does it have um, a winter solstice alignment, but it also has a summer one. Amazing. Golly. Actually, you know, I've never visited it. Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly not physically as imposing as, as uh, Newgrange, but um, it's there and it's been well looked after. And indeed, I think um, for, for people who are, have seen um, Knock Row Passage Tomb, it's, it's kind of a very much more basic looking on the face of it. But then by contrast with that, I believe actually that, that a lot of um, what's, what happened, and there was a particular time in maybe archaeological practice or tourism in back in the 1960s or 70s when Newgrange was kind of excavated and stuff, that it was kind of somewhat tarted up a little bit for it public consumption. Yeah, yeah, that whole box, the whole light box that the light comes through was all possibly the speculation, maybe even the adventure, the invention of the architect at the time. Um, so as you said, I much prefer the more humbler sites where you don't have, you know, um, a huge amount of tourists and you don't have infrastructure, but you get a sense of the sanctity of the place. You almost have to tune into your own inner self more because you don't have a guide telling you their opinions on every single thing. 
Yeah, well, I suppose um, the interpretive centres are, are fantastic in their own way, but then anything that's interpreted is probably subject to a bit of misinterpretation, maybe at times, um, as as well. So there, that'll be a second reason for you then to, to come down to Kilkenny at some point, maybe down to Knockrow Passage Tomb. You, you you may not make it for um, the winter solstice this. The summer one next summer, and uh, we'll, we'll be a bit more COVID-free, and the weather will be a lot, a lot better, and all of that. And indeed, um, speaking of the the event again on Sunday evening, uh, shine, so, Sunday shine your light solstice, and your uh, projection of all the various Irish words for touch. Uh, I suppose that's um, maybe there's. Um, would you be willing to tell us? Is there a volume two of Thirty Two Words for Field on the way? Seeing that you didn't do a chapter on touch, and the uh, there is this. I'm working on it at the moment. There'll be a book for Irish words for children, and then there'll be a book on landscape and the insights that we have that we that we've forgotten we have and the ways we can get deeper into our own consciousness through some of the sites um and knock row will probably easily easily um feature in that uh, that's great we will we'll have to look forward to that any any estimated time of arrival and on bookshelves or I'd say the, a, the book for children will, will be next christmas next autumn the other one i i have a, a chapter written so it'll you know if the last one took me six years this one i'll have to get done in a year and a year and a half i suppose the, the slow, um, the slow travel route and remaining um, sticking to the the promise you had for yourself for this year anyway of, of um, staying off airplanes. Although it was made a lot easier for you, as you say, by the pandemic. If you stick to that, you, you probably have plenty of time on trains and ferries and everything like that while you're travelling for your travel writing. Uh, work to be to be working on that and one last thing for you Moncon and I'm like really really grateful for you for giving us so much of your time here um, today on Community Radio Kilkenny City um, uh, there's, you, you're, you're probably well aware of the, the local film animation film Wolf Walkers produced by our animation um, studio down here Cartoon Saloon oh, that's so opened beautiful. in cinemas now um, there, it's it's obviously set and it's it, kind of the story is set around um, 16th or 17th century Kilkenny and I, I would presume that the people at the time outside of the city probably and the less less in contact with the English overlords would have been speaking Irish and um, it raised the question in my mind is, you know, should there be or would you be interested in the idea of a kind of an Irish scripted version of, um, of Wolf Walkers? Yes, I mean, Cartoon Saloon have always been really sympathetic to the Irish language and have done gorgeous projects for T.G. Gahar. So at the moment, what, I haven't seen the film, but don't the, the, the wolves speak Irish as it is? Mm. Um, and what's interesting with T.G. Carr, the way that all Spongebob, you know, films that are documented, the films and the anime, shorter animations are in Irish. So I'd say they'd be up to it. Like they did that before on, on which one? On the book, the book, on the Kells one or the previous one they had? Kind of Irish, Irish the, well, the Song of the Sea certainly drew very heavily on, on the Irish-based Irish language legend anyway, I think, didn't it? And the kind of, uh, yeah. The relationship between land and sea and people shape shifting in and out of you know off the land and into the water and, and vice versa. So yeah, perhaps and maybe they have done it already. I haven't seen the movie myself either. Looking forward to seeing it. Uh, absolutely, I think it's a, a beautiful piece of work from what I've seen. And there's a third reason for you to come to Kilkenny. If you don't see it, the movie there, there's also a stunning exhibition in our local the theme of the, the Wolf Walkers movie. Listen, we better let you go um, with that, Montcon. It's been an, um, an absolute pleasure talking to you and we're really, really looking forward to uh, seeing the uh, the event uh, and the projection on the castle on next Sunday at the Shine Your Light Solstice. And I think you're making an appearance on the TV programme as well, as far as I know. So thank you very, very much. And we'll be with us on you. Thanks a million for talking to us and a very happy Christmas to you, Monaco. Thank you.
Slán, Slán. Uh, and there you go. That was Moncon McGann. A very, very uh, long conversation, but um, I really lost the run of myself uh, talking to Moncon there. But a fascinating character and fascinating material that he's uh, he's uh, delving into there with between the Irish language and the theme of touch. We take an ad break. Anyway, we come back to you for the last uh, section of today's Kilkenny uh, today on here in Community Radio Kilkenny City eighty eight point seven FM. We'll be back in a couple of minutes' time just after these. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Kilkenny Today Replay with Morris O'Connor. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome back to the last part of today's show and uh, we had a long section there, a very long chat, but uh, I was absolutely engrossed by it and enthralled. I, I just could have kept talking to Marcon um, McGann there for a, a long, long time and a lot more time than we actually had. Unfortunately, uh, time does uh, force us to call a halt to these conversations and move on and there's, there isn't that much time left in today. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did, uh, because as I said, I absolutely loved it. Um, fascinating character. And just to remind you as well, the event that we were talking about, really the core part of the conversation with Monocon was about Sunday's Shine Your Light Solstice or Lunry the Hullis event on Sunday evening at 8 o'clock. The uh, words for various different words, Oscar for for touch being projected onto the walls of uh, the castle. And then there's a TV program, I think, on RTE1, at about 8.30 then to taking you up to the, the, the 9 o'clock news on Sunday. That is if you're not listening to Community Radio Kilkenny City, of course, on the Sunday evening, which, of course, yeah, a lot of you presumably or hopefully will do. Um, th- so that was great. Anyway, I just noticed there um, an announcement about for any golf fans that uh, next uh, year's the July, the 2021 um, Irish Open, Dubai Duty Free Irish Open was due to have taken place, of course, in Mount Juliet uh, this year. Um, cancelled needless but it's just been announced that it will or certainly the intention is for it to take place in Kilkenny in Mount Juliet again um, uh, in July 2021 and it's uh, I think the dates that's been slated for are between July 1st and 4th so any of the golf fans had been made plans and had to cancel them another restaurant uh, attending this year's uh, the 2020 Dubai uh, duty free Irish open golf event you'll be able to catch it um down in Mount Juliet, uh, all things permitting and COVID permitting and with uh, vaccinations presumably haven't been uh, rolled out to a substantial extent by then, you'll be able to catch the uh, to catch the golf and all the uh, huge amount of international attention that that'll bring into us here in Kilkenny and indeed down to the great golf course down there and uh, facilities down there in Mount, uh, Mount Juliet. Uh, so that was a headline actually just spotted there on the Kilkenny People's uh, website. So thanks very much to them for that. Uh, not a lot of time left on the show. It's other than to say thank you very much to everybody for helping me out with today's show. To uh, Declan Gibbons, of course, as usual, for the great assistance that I guess for enabling me to stay here at home and uh, present the, the show from home. I wouldn't be able to do it uh, without uh, Declan's encouragement and, uh, and cooperation and, and doing that. Um, to allow me to, to present the show from home. So it's really wonderful and I do really, really appreciate that. And hopefully um, coming across loud and clear anyway out here from all the way out here in Raidstown and linking over the internet and uh, by the links made possible by our award-winning uh, technical manager here in Community Radio Kilkenny City, Mick Commons, of course, um, did win an award and rightly so and very deservedly so at the local or the recent uh, Crail Community Radio National Awards uh, event there a few weeks ago, which we covered and indeed which was um, hosted, I think the awards night hosted in our own premises. 
Anyway, so that's that's how I'm able to join you here from Raidstown and uh, sometime, hopefully soon, soon as restricted studio uh, down in Hebron. I'm looking forward to that, although maybe not looking forward to experiencing the kind of traffic uh, difficulties that uh, I was talking to uh, Councillor Eugene McGuinness there with about earlier on. Hopefully we won't have uh, too, uh, too many of those. Anyway, and uh, also just uh, before I finish, I'd like to thank Anne Nolan, as usual, for helping me produce the show, lining up the guests for me and confirming that they're going to be uh, available, getting the phone numbers and all that, doing all that for us to Anne-Marie Hogan, of course, for recording the Parish News, and to all of you in particular for listening to today's Kilkenny Today and all of the Kilkenny Todays during the week, whether they're, they're live or repeated in the morning. So we'll leave you with that. I look forward to being back with you again next um, Friday afternoon. In the meantime, stay well, stay safe, out of the way, COVID, um, well wrapped up uh, in out of the way of the weather. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.